Good morning, it's the Snake River Lib. It's the 8th of March. It is morning. It's a beautiful day, supposedly, outside. Just a couple months away from scout camp. And uh, looking forward to that, I guess. And let's get started, shall we? Uh, the last couple times I've been doing, uh, this is John Galt speaking, quoting from John Galt's uh, three-hour radio speech um, by Ayn Rand, Rand uh, Atlas Shrugged. Today, I'm going to be uh, changing up, and we'll be starting the podcast with That Was John Galt Speaking. And the reason I want to do that is I want you to listen to some of these state actors, as well as other actors that are, you know, in bed with the state, because it's very important. I want you to hear their voices, and then perhaps we're going to have some commentary after that, okay? So remember, John Galt just gave this tremendous speech about individual rights, about logic, about existence, and the need to use logic in existence, and how people have been trying to um, override logic for centuries. And so let's just go with that. So let's just pick it up um, with, with uh, I'm trying to figure out, let's see. So here's Mr. Thompson, who's the, he was the one that was supposed to speak on the economic conditions. Now remember, I, I will say this. Henry Reardon, the, the one steel producer that was actually still producing steel in any quantity, left had just deserted, um, along with a whole myriad of other producers. Essentially, the only person with ability left of, of any consequence is Dagny Taggart, who, who is the one that's keeping Taggart Continental, Transcontinental together, even though she technically does not run the railroad. Um, so all these leaders are gathered together. Dagny actually is there as well. Um, so here's Mr. Thompson. This is where we're going to pick up. It's only a speech, said Mr. Thompson, not too firmly. It seems to me, said Chick Morrison, his voice tentatively helpful, that people of nobler spiritual nature, you know what I mean, people of, well, of mystical insight, he paused, as if waiting to be slapped, but no one moved, so he repeated firmly, yes, of mystical insight won't go for that speech. Logic isn't everything, after all. The working men won't go for it, said Tinky Holloway, a bit more hopefully. Helpfully. He didn't sound like a friend of labor. The women of the country won't go for it, declared Ma Chalmers. It is, I believe, an established fact that women don't go for that stuff about the mind. Women have finer feelings. You can count on the women. You can count on the scientists, said Dr. Simon Pritchett. They were all pressing forward, suddenly eager to speak, as if they had found a subject they could handle with assurance. Scientists know better than to believe in reason. He's no friend of the scientist. He's no friend of anybody, said Wesley Mouch, recapturing a shade of confidence at the sudden realization, except maybe of big business. No, cried Mr. Moen in terror. No, 
Don't accuse us. Don't say it. I won't have you say it. What? That, that, that anybody is a friend of business. Can you even imagine that? Don't let's make a fuss about that speech, said Dr. Floyd Ferris. It was too intellectual, much too intellectual for the common man. It will have no effect. People are too dumb to understand it. Yeah, said Mouch, hopefully. That's so. In the first place, said Dr. Ferris, encouraged, people can't think. In the second place, they don't want to. In the third place, said Fred Kinnon, he's the labor union guy, they don't want to starve. And what do you propose to do about that? It was this, as if he had pronounced the question which all of the preceding utterances had been intended to stave off. No one answered him, but heads drew faintly deeper into shoulders and figures drew faintly closer to one another, like a small cluster under the weight of the studio's empty space. The military march boomed through the silence with the inflexibility, inflexible gaiety of a grinning skull. Turn it off, yelled Mr. Thompson, waving at the radio. Turn that damn thing off. Someone obeyed him, but the sudden silence was worse. Well, said Mr. Thompson at last, raising his eyes reluctantly to Fred Kinnon, what do you think we ought to do? Who, me? chuckled Kinnon. I don't run this show. Mr. Thompson slammed his fist down on his knee. Say something, he ordered. But seeing Kinnon turn away, added, Somebody! There were no volunteers. What are we to do, he yelled, knowing that the man who answered would, thereafter, be the man in power. What are we to do? Can't somebody tell us what to do? I can. It was a woman's voice, but it had the quality of the voice they had heard on the radio. They whirled to Dagny before she had time to step forward from the darkness beyond the group. As she stepped forward, her face frightened them, because it was devoid of fear. I can, she said, addressing Mr. Thompson. You're to give up. Give up, he repeated blankly. You're through. Don't you see that you're through? I think I'm going to stop there. All these people speaking for these groups, and this is so typical of the progressive and the Democrat mind think. I'd like to call them liberals, but there's nothing liberal about them. And we're going to talk a few hits about that here after the break. Ma Chalmers saying, I can speak for the women, and women... Don't go for that logic stuff. And can you imagine the scientists? Well, scientists don't go with reason. <laughs> and, of course, Dr. Ferris. 
The common man is too dumb to understand that speech. Does that sound familiar to you? You see, when it comes down to it, all these things are wrapped up, and they're so simple to understand. Intellectuals, the elites, try to wrap things up in complexities to make them so hard to understand that people just give up and become apathetic. And I think in a good part, that's what's happened to our country, that there are so many, well, one, you've got so many laws, which I've talked about earlier. I think I did. Um, laws and laws and laws. So many laws that, that, you know, we don't know. I mean, there's so many rules that, that if you call the IRS for help on your taxes, it's tax season, of course, that there's a 75% chance that they'll get the answer right. That's calling the IRS. Why is it that difficult? Does it have to be that difficult? Of course, it doesn't have to be. There's a reason it's that difficult. It's about power. But the common man is not as dumb as the elites like to think they are. It's just like with voter ID, and that's become a big issue with uh, Biden, and that's another issue we'll talk about after the break, um, and, and getting ID uh, to vote. But these pointy-headed intellectuals sitting around in this room have just heard this massive dissertation on liberty, on the importance of in, the individual. The individual, of course, is the smallest minority. It's the minority that progressives do not recognize, that Democrats do not care about. Because, because individuals cannot be, you cannot group people together and care for individual rights. You don't have a sufficient constituency to create a majority block. These people pretend to speak for us. And while, of course, Atlas shrugged uh, when it was written, it was written as fiction of a, a dystopian future where all the, the countries around the world has succumbed to uh, socialism and ultimately become people's states is what they're called, you know, like the People's Republic of China, for example. But they're called people's states in the book. I think that what we're seeing in this country, um, critical race theory, um, with the uh, uh, gender equality running amok, um, which is, of course, hurting uh, uh, the feminists. They would say otherwise, of course, but, but um, you know, some feminist icons have spoken out 
against uh, the transgender movement and have gotten raked over the coals for it. And silenced. Because that's what they do now. They silence dissent. And we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, good morning again, and thank you so much for listening. I don't recall if I had stated that at the beginning or not, but I do want to express my appreciation to you for listening today and always. Um, I mentioned voter ID and the fact that uh, progressives and Democrats uh, believe that blacks are too stupid to be able to go and get a state ID in states that require them Um I think that that, of course, is the ultimate racism. To me, that's, you know, affirmative action, um, quotas and such. To me, those are far more racist than Billy Joe, Jim Bob, redneck guy who who uh, has a, a Confederate flag in the back of his truck. Uh, the, the soft racism of elite liberals who whose policies say you're too dumb to do it without my help did I say that too harshly because that's what those policies are when you have a policy that says um, we're going to change the qualifications if you're black to hire you what does that say that says we don't think that you will qualify for the job unless we change the qualifications. We think that you're not capable of going and getting a state ID to be able to vote. Of course, that's the excuse that they use. The real reason that they don't like voter ID is it makes it much easier for fraud. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, the president, has come out and stated that he wants to uh, uh, sign an executive order. That he, I haven't actually read through it yet, but he has signed an executive order wanting to put the federal government uh to work to try to facilitate what happened in Georgia and, and Pennsylvania uh, to make it so that it's easier for it to happen in every other state in the country. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll correct that uh, as I read through the executive order, but it's pretty much in line with uh, what HR1 is going to do to the country um, if it should pass. Uh, by the way, did you hear that um, Joe Manchin, you know, who was vehemently against the filibuster, is now wavering? Big surprise, right? No, not to me. Um, the COVID bill passed the Senate with some changes. Um, now it'll go back to the House, and we'll see if the House will buy off on the reduced unemployment payments and the no minimum wage. Remember, this could have been done back in November or October, and uh, Nancy Pelosi inten intentionally chose not to do it then or after the election and before the Georgia runoff to avoid giving Trump any credit. And even after the Georgia runoff, they could have done it. 
But they were preoccupied with something else. I don't know what that was. But remember, we have to hurry up and do it. Do you see them hurrying? They are not hurrying. Perhaps they should be. Because, you know, one of the reasons for the lockdowns, um, at least the reasons for the lockdowns, is to keep people, um, keep people under control. To keep people needing the federal government to bail them out. And to close down small businesses. I think those are, are direct and intentional um, points of the lockdowns in some of these states. But what you're going to see as these states realize they have no choice but to open is you're going to see the economy take off. And people are going to try to, to uh, give credit to President Biden for that. And the problem, and what I want to remind you today on March 8th, remind you that President Biden was against opening up. He called states that opened up Neanderthals. Remember that? So states begin to open up and the economy takes off. Just remember that President Biden tried to stop it. Because that's what progressives and Democrats do. They don't want the economy booming. Because if the economy booms, guess what you don't need? You don't need help from the federal government. And um, I think I'm going to cut a little bit short today, but I do have one more thing. that is. This is just so comical. You know, I didn't even know there was such a group. Um, did you know that there was a group called Pro-Life Evangelicals for Biden? <laughs> okay, yeah, have you caught your breath yet? Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I couldn't believe it when I first heard about it myself. Um, there's such a group. Well, it turns out that this group, Pro-Life Evangelicals for Biden, sent an open letter uh, to the president. Well, it's an open letter, so it's actually not to the president. It's just regarding the, the American Recovery Act. I mean, and you just you just can't even make this up. You, you, it, I mean, you just can't even make this up. It says, we're very disappointed about the COVID relief package's exclusion of the Hyde Amendment. Now, for those that don't know, well, I'll just read it. It says, the Hyde Amendment, a longstanding bipartisan policy that prevents taxpayer funding for abortion, we're even more upset that the Biden administration is supporting this bill. As pro-life leaders in the evangelical community, we publicly supported President Biden's candidacy. Now, first of all, where are the separation from church and state people on this? Because here are church leaders 
who have admitted to publicly supporting a presidential candidate. So where where is old what's his name Barry what's his name of the freedom from from uh, religion? Where is that nut job? Um, he says we publicly publicly supported President Biden's candidacy with the understanding that there would be engagement with us on the issue of abortion and particularly the Hyde Amendment. The Biden team wanted to talk to us during the campaign to gain our support, and we gave it on the condition there would be active dialogue and common ground solutions on the issue of abortion. There has been no dialogue since the campaign. We feel used and betrayed and have no intention of simply watching these kinds of efforts happen from the sidelines. Many evangelicals and Catholics took risks to support Biden publicly. President Biden and Democrats need to honor their courage. <laughs> Again, I, 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 I don't even know where to go with that because really? I guess we're going to go a little bit longer because to me this I so so you're going to take somebody who's not there Biden and you are you are so consumed with Trump You're a one-issue group. It says it in your title, Pro-Life Evangelicals for Biden. So you're one issue. Well, actually, the one issue is that you want to get rid of Trump. But So apparently pro-life is the secondary issue. But to trust it to somebody who is not there... I I don't even know what to say to that except for really you know President Trump President Trump by the way uh, as as a reminder last year was the first president ever to go to the March for Life and speak other Republican presidents have spoken to the March for Life via a a video President Trump was the first one to go there. Now, President Trump obviously was pro-choice before he turned into a pro-life Republican. But you know what? He sure governed like a pro-life Republican, unlike a, unlike a Pierre Delecto Republican of Utah, Romney. But to now sit there and say, we can't believe that you didn't even talk to us. Of course he didn't talk to you. Of course you feel used and betrayed. He's a Democrat. Uh, I don't even know. It's just hilarious. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a very serious subject. But I wonder how many other people that when these progressive um, things come to light 
are going to sit there and say, well, I thought Biden wasn't that way. You weren't voting for Biden. You were voting for a puppet. The fact that Biden is still in office it surprises me. In fact, Matt Gates, a Republican from, congressman from Florida, has, has said that the transition's already begun and that world leaders are actually talking to Harris now and not Biden, Vice President Harris, and they're not talking to Biden. So I think that the American people deserve to know who is actually the president. I mean, they're walking Biden out there. But I don't think that he is competent to be president. And I'm being absolutely serious. These are troubled times. But I thought I would just wanted to end with that humor. Pro-life evangelicals for Byron, for Biden. And they feel used and betrayed. <laughs> yeah. Good job, guys. It's a Snake River Lib. Hope you have a wonderful Monday. And look, it's actually about the normal length. So we'll talk to you later. And oh, taxation is theft. <laughs>